Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Rampernard and our special guest Adrian Washington. We're going to talk some Paul Mooney. Can't wait. It's right after this with the family. You want to get a little live spot? Sure, why not? Why not do a live spot? We need, 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 need cars. Um, the used car, especially late model prices, continue to escalate. So, you know, if you tried to trade out of a car six months ago and you're told, yeah, you still owe more than it's worth, that's likely changed now. Uh, if you're in a lease and you want to get out a little early, uh, we can generally get you out now. If you're six months or maybe even, depending on make and model, a little farther out than that. To find out, go to walzerbuyscars.com. If you know your license plate number, you can enter that and then answer maybe half a dozen of questions, and you will get an instant offer that is good at any uh, Walzer dealership in the Twin City metro area. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company will be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Yeah, baby. Is Adrian ready to go? Yep. Adrian, what's happening? A long time no talk, man. Well, I know. That's because that's of COVID, and now today it's because of a rainstorm. What do you think of that yeah. action? <laughs> I'll take the rainstorm. Yes, well, yeah, one over the other will take the rainstorm, no question about it. Yeah, yesterday, sitting on this in this chair on this show, uh, came across that Paul Mooney had died. And, Adrian, as you know, um, Paul Mooney and Richard Pryor, and you go down the list. Yeah, I was never a big Eddie Murphy fan. I, didn't, I thought Eddie was okay. I didn't think he was anywhere near as funny as Paul Mooney and, and Richard Pryor. But, really? 
I didn't. No. I, I, well, first of all, no one was as funny as Richard Pryor. I agree. I mean, to me, that's the goat. He's the only one I got tattooed on me, put it that way. Well, there you go. Now, I have to read something that was sent over. Adrian Washington was talking about the death of Paul Mooney. I got to read you four websites. You guys got to, you have to follow my lead, though. All right. Okay, you ready? All right. All right. Uh, YouTube, Dave Chappelle. You can go on there and see Paul Mooney. Second place, you can go YouTube.com, Paul Mooney on movies, N word is used. YouTube, Paul Mooney, Ask a Black Dude. N-word is used. YouTube, Ask a Black Dude Part 2. Paul Mooney segment starts around 120. N-word is used. <laughs> Paul Paul did like to throw around the big end, didn't he? <laughs> Paul, uh, Paul that's, but you know, that was what was great about him. He would say it where he wasn't supposed to say it. But, yeah. it, you know, he's, he's from that era, man. That I tell people uh, Saturday Night Live only put in a, a delay button because they wanted Richard Pryor on there. <laughs> That's very you true. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is very, very true. And no you, question about it. Do you, I remember these guys were calling some of their specials and they put the N-word in it. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, Paul was, whew, Paul was a different guy. <laughs> Paul was a different guy. Adrian and I have talked about this off the air, but I've mentioned it once in a while on the air, too. It still pisses me off to this day that I cannot say the name of uh, the first three of Richard Pryor's <laughs> albums. You can't say one of them. Because, no, you cannot, Tom. No, you cannot, Tom. <laughs> there was that N-word is crazy, yep. super N-word, and bicentennial N-word. <laughs> Those were his first three albums. Like, Thanks, Richard. Thank you. You, know, you go in, and they weren't displayed properly because... Bicentennial. You remember 76? The country went crazy for it that. Did. It, just like, it did. It's like, you're right. What's it the did. point? No, you're absolutely right. But you couldn't even go into Music City or Music Land downtown and say, say, do you happen to have Richard Pryor's do um, I know he's got an album up, but I can't remember the name. Right, of right. <laughs> so where's your Richard Pryor section? Yeah, the Richard Pryor <laughs> section. That's the one we need. But Paul Mooney, one thing I really liked about him, he did not hold back. When he was angry at somebody, they got to hear about it on national television, which I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. It was, man, I mean, he's never... There's never been a dull interview with Paul. No, no. Nope. And he's and then he well he was so calm about it always. You know what I mean? Everything was just in that moony tone, and you just couldn't wait to hear F that B because that B did this. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you knew it was coming. It, it and his tone his, his tone would never change. You know what I mean? Nope. He is uh, from prior to Chappelle to. Everything that somebody has done, uh, honestly, in black comedy successfully, he's he's been a part of most of it. You know, it's so funny. You remind me in 1971, I think it was, 1971, I moved up to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Because I know it's hard for you to believe, Adrian, but I got fired from my job down here and nobody else would hire me. So I had to move to Grand Forks, North Dakota to get a job. They accepted you there? <laughs> uh, well, they didn't want to, I don't think. But So I move up there. Now, I'm a kid from North Minneapolis. I've never lived outside of North Minneapolis at that time in my life. I don't know anything about this. So now I'm living in Grand Forks. Uh, I move in with a, with a black family, Victor okay. and Gail Treadwell. And, you know, I'm 19 years old. Not, well, let's see. So anyone else? 20 by then, I guess. But... Um, so I'm up there, and, and we move in together. Well, I moved into their house is what I did. They were already living there. And he was at, you know, he was at the SAC for, uh, he was in the Air Force at the SAC base up there. Okay. 
So he was a listener, and he called into the show. He said, man, I love your show. Now, he thought I was black because of the tone of my voice, because I got that gruff tone of my voice. Vic- okay. Victor thought I was a black man in America today. <laughs> and as a joke, he tells me, I want to meet you and have dinner with you one night. I said, oh, yeah, sounds good. Where do you want to go? He goes, where do you think we should go? And I said, I don't know. I, I'm new in town. It's up to you. He goes, let's go to Sambo's. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Which later became Bosa because Sambo became offensive. Very uh, much so. <laughs> very much so. But, but the, he, he couldn't wait to go to Sambo's. So we went to Sambo's and had, uh, had a little dinner, and we got to be really good friends, moved in together on the rest of it. And he used to call me the big N in the house, never outside of the house, but in the house he would call me that. And he said, you know, Tom, it'd be okay with me if you said the same thing to me, but not out in public. I'm like, nah, I think I'm good, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm good to go. Didn't they have a Sambo's on Lake and Nicollet? Yes. Or there was a, maybe a yeah. Lake and First or something? Yeah, absolutely. There was a Sambo's there. Tiger butter. That was the big deal. You put tiger butter on your pancakes. Remember that? Yeah, what the but hell it was a, tiger butter. It was it's a, butter. It was, wasn't it a connection <laughs> of two guys' names? Yeah, uh, Bo and Sam. Yeah, but that's but, why it came Bosa. Right. They didn't go Bosum because of bosom. Uh, they I were going to call it Bo Bo Sam Bosum, but it looked too much like bosom. Can't catch a break. They <laughs> can't get either Sam Bo or or bosom. <laughs> that's the one you get. See, like you and I could do to dog or yeah, that'd be really yeah. a great Doug, name for a Doug restaurant. Em. Dug him. Yeah, dug him. Yeah, it's, yeah, not a good idea. Dom. But leave it, leave it alone. You know what I love about it, Adrian? Or Adriat. Adriat, that'd be good. <laughs> Idiot Adriat. Nah, nah. Oh, that would not be good. But the one thing I love about that whole deal, Adrian, is because of where I grew up, obviously, Richard Pryor. And I'll never forget the first time I brought home that big in as crazy and put it on the home stereo. And my mother went, what the hell is that? Man, I can imagine. The only comedy records we had in my house in Lexington in the 1960s, Bill Cosby. Oh, well, Bill Cosby, the whole different Why is there air, all that stuff? I listened to that when I was an eight, nine-year-old kid. I thought it was just great. But see, I always loved that whole situation. His whole I loved the fact that Richard Pryor and Paul Mooney was there shoulder to shoulder with him. There's no question about that. Yeah, that, even the movies. Uh, yep. You know, JoJo Dancer, uh, yep. Live on the Anything he's like, Mooney's did so much. <laughs> he's done so much for Richard. You know, there was a rumor, though, they kind of fell out because yep. supposedly Mooney slept with uh, Pryor's son. That's what I understand. Ooh. That is what I understand, yeah. We, we have Richard Pryor Jr. on once in a while, and he's the nicest guy in the world. But he's deeply hurt. I mean, he is, I'd even use the word, he is deeply damaged by the loss of his father because they, you know, not that they were all that close, but, a man, if Richard Pryor is your father and you're Richard Pryor Jr., you have great admiration yeah. for what he's doing. Man, that's part of the reason I, don't na- I didn't name neither one of my boys as Jr. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pick, like, pick your own life. I don't know. What if I turn out to be a piece of shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, I well, don't... it's a possibility. <laughs> you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But, you know, Adrian, That's I think... That's a lot of pressure. First of all, I'm very, very glad that uh, if they reached out to you, reached out to us. I'm really happy you're on today because I, I just found out, like I said, 24 hours ago that Paul Mooney had died. And that would be pretty much, for me, akin to Richard Pryor dying. Or, or you know, Dave Chappelle, obviously, is much younger. But right. uh, supremely talented. 
And I love the fact that you called in because I am getting really, really sick of this. You know, black and white people just can't get along. Oh, my God, white people suck. No, black people suck. No, actually, black people beat up on Asians. No, wait a minute, Asians. Like, Jesus, are, why are we starting this race problem again? I don't get you pay too much attention to the world, huh? <laughs> yeah, Adrian, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's a point. Uh, yeah, but you know, I'm I, sick to death. I walk, through, I walk through the world with blinders on, man. It's uh, a good plan. Because again, in my house, I'm married to a white lady. Mm-hmm. My daughter is, you know what I'm saying. So, like, yep. we can't run through our house saying screw these people, screw those people. Like in my house, we are all those people. Yeah, well, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And in most, you know, I got to be honest with you, it just popped in my head. Most of my black male friends, not mm-hmm. the women, but black male friends, are either married to or date. And their they their their girlfriend is a white woman who gives a rat's ass. No one cares. I don't care. Yeah. Never have cared. I don't care who does what, man. Like if yep. it don't affect yep. me and my family, is like, I don't even have the energy to care. And and I Nor guess do I want it. No, I understand. And I think the you know re- it, it. The world is crazy, but that's the thing. It's only going to get crazier. So yeah, for me, it is. to do what I do, my gift in life is to make people laugh. I can't make people laugh genuinely if I'm running around pissed off all the time because I'm worried about the problems of the world. I can't. No, There's a lot of people right. in the world that want to make their problem your problem, and some people take it on. I'm not one of those people. I think it's very, very smart to do that. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I, I just don't know anybody that feels the way these people in Washington, D.C. feel about this person and that person and that skin color and this and that. You know, and I well, wish, you got to remember, yeah. um, it's, it's been divide and conquer from day one. No, it has. You're absolutely, And it continues. You know? It's getting worse, I, I think, Adrian. Because we got, so, we, got, we got social media. You got a lot of people who wouldn't have the balls to say anything to your face that can just type up anything. Oh, yeah, it's happened to me many times. There's no yeah, doubt I about bet, that. I bet. I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, man, you can't say nothing. Like, that's why I, if I can just keep on doing what I'm doing under the radar, I'm going to be a happy man. <laughs> under the radar is good. There's nothing wrong with under the radar. Yeah. As long as you're making a living. You can make a living under the radar these days. Uh, that's why I tell people, like, if you want fame these days, you got to be crazy. Yeah, well, that's true. In this day and age, to be famous is not that great a thing. You're right about oh that. Oh, my gosh. To, to live under that microscope, and no matter how you say something, somebody can... Because I, I I'm writing a joke about tones. You can say the exact same thing, word for word, and depending on the tone you say it in, mm-hmm. it can mean totally different thing. No, and you're, people you're right. will take that. You know what I mean? That's why it's just... Like, even a text, you send somebody a text, and they'll text you back, like, why the attitude? It's like, no, I put a smiley face at the end of it. Like, what did you read? Yeah, exactly. You know? No, you're (laughs) exactly right. But misery loves company. And if you allow, I I quit watching the news probably almost 20 years ago for that reason. I can't. There's no point in it. There's no good news. So why watch it? I, have a, I need to get some permission from you, uh, Adrian, because I can't ask Paul Mooney anymore because I always wanted to ask him, and I never did. <laughs> now that Paul has passed on to the to heaven, hopefully, is it okay with Adrian Washington if I change my name to Negro Damas? What do you think? <laughs> That's going to be tough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the greatest names of all. Did you ever see Negro Damas? Yeah, I actually oh have a friend on God. Facebook who God. lives in uh, Dallas. He's a car guy, and he's a trainer. <laughs> 
Um, and he's a, but he's a big stock market player too. Oh, okay. And he's adopted. He stole that name. From oh, he me. did. And Trent's a black guy, and he's been using it for why as, as a stock picker thing. And he goes, Man. And, and that's how he found out yesterday about Paul. He oh. posted it on Facebook. He goes, oh. Nigo Damas has left the building. So, I think oh God, cool. what yeah, a great and- name. Wow. I mean, and that, but he's, he was a genius, man, and he's responsible. He was so much of a genius, he's responsible for, like, I mean, just think about this. Just two names. Just say he's responsible for Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle. Like, yep, yep. But, I mean, what, what's better than that? You know what I loved about it the most, too? Paul Mooney and Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle do one thing in common well, more than one thing, but the most important thing they have in common is they tell the truth. They don't hide the truth. They don't invent stuff to, to oh, we're going to protect this. Protect. It was the truth. It was 100% truth. And that if you didn't like it, then you should go watch somebody else. You know what I love about them is they never wavered from there, – there's certain nope. people you can, you can ruffle their feathers. Kevin mm-hmm. Hart, like super funny guy when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Hart's in the belly of the beast. There's a lot of topics Kevin Hart can't speak on. Yeah, and yeah. if he does speak on them, they make him apologize because he, he he's that guy. You know what I mean? What I love about, I never got to meet uh, Mooney or uh, Pryor, but being able to hang out with Chappelle and just see somebody being so comfortable in their own element. Like, even when he's not doing anything, you're mesmerized by it because you know he's thinking of, like, just something genius. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when people, he's he's the one comic that I've, that showed me it's okay to just be yourself. Like, I've always felt like I knew it, but just watching him and being at the level he's at and just, just sit there uh, in your own zone and just fucking, uh, sorry about that, um, like it or not, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Like, I, I, I love that part. And Paul never, like, there was never anything you were going to say that was going to rattle him. No, God, no. Plus, he looked really good in that French, uh, that hat that he used to wear. <laughs> yeah. He looked plenty good in that feathered hat, man. There's no question about it. But I, what I loved about Paul Mooney, particularly on the Dave Chappelle show, where he did play Negro Damas and he mm-hmm. did a- ask a black dude on there and all the rest of it. Yeah. But he never wavered from that stern-faced position of his, like, well, here's the truth, and if you don't like it, it's too bad. Right. I loved that delivery that he had. <laughs> the, the, the problem with white people is this. exactly it was funny though it was always funny right if you uh comedian godfrey does an amazing paul mooney uh oh yeah impersonation like he did one yesterday man and it was on his instagram so if you get a chance go on there and check it out but his paul mooney like it you have to look up to see if it's him now what obviously you're a much younger man than any of these people certainly than richard Pryor, a little Mm -hmm. younger probably than dave chappelle but uh, when these guys came along, like I said, I'm, I, I'm at the time a, a young white kid in North Minneapolis. I believe I was 16 years old. I think uh, Richard's first, first big album, because he had other albums before that, but the first yeah. big national album, I believe, is like 67 or 68, something like that. Is that okay. right? Or was it a little it later it than that? It seems like it was in the maybe early 70s. Maybe it was, but yeah, so I, I was still... But I do remember buying that album, and everybody goes, what the hell are you buying that for? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, look at the name of the thing. And I said, well, I understand what you're saying, but he did that on purpose. Richard Pryor at one time talked about the fact, I'm going to say that word so often, you're going to get sick of hearing it, and it's not going to mean anything anymore. That was Lenny Bruce's take on it, too. It was, yeah. And you know what's crazy? 
Remember when Pryor went to Africa? Yep. That, that's when he decided, he said, I'll never say it again. That's exactly right. He went to Africa and he never used the word again. You're yep. absolutely right about that. Because he said he was there and he realized, like he was there, had been there for like a week or two and he hadn't said the word once. And he said, look around. He said, do you see any of them around? He was like, no, I don't. He's like, damn. He's like, I had it wrong the whole time. So can you imagine that? Revelation, where yeah. you've lived off of this, where you've called albums. Like, to this day, nobody's done that. You know what I mean? And, yep. to my little stuff. Um, and, and then to have that revelation and say, man, I had it wrong. Like, I, I've been, that's kind of crazy. No, I understand that. You know, what the amazing thing about that, too, Adrian, is the fact that the big N is just a mispronunciation of the word Negro by the Irish. who uh, The Irish farmers mispronounced the word, and that's where that word came from. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's funny, like, there's certain, I use it. I use it probably more than I should. I'm, but I'm, <laughs> not around me, you never have. I don't think you've ever done it around me. <laughs> well, now I know you're that comfortable with it, Tom. Uh it, it doesn't mean anything to me, Adrian. I know the depth of it, and I don't use it, but it right. didn't. It never meant. It just was a mispronunciation of the word Negro, which is just a, you know, either well, a Latin it's, word it's, for it's, black. It's, yeah, it, it's slang. And I got like even my son. My son lives way mm-hmm. up north, and I and um, obviously he's a black kid. And I told him like you. Know, I said you know, in, it's in songs and it's in everything. I said it's, it's such a major part of culture. I said it's a. It's a one of the worst words, but it's it's become so popular. It's like the to some people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just with Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin's another guy from that cloth man, and I yep. tell you what, Eddie is one of them dudes that, who like the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do he know. Start, he starts the sentence with it, he ends the sentence with it, and he'll mix it up in the middle, you know. And and, and it's weird because even for me being on stage sometimes. I, you don't realize how much you say, and then you see the video or something, or you hear it, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Damn, I might have, I might have exceeded it tonight." <laughs> might have gone a little deep. <laughs> might have gone just a little deep. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Tom, you were exactly correct. His first record was 1968. 1968. Yeah, yeah I was 16 years old. I thought I was 16. That, I brought it home. That fellow is crazy. It was 1974. Yes, that fellow is crazy. That's exactly what it says on the front cover. Oh God, that's fantastic. I, I, I just. Look, I mean, it's a situation where, where I really hope. My, my big problem right now, Adrian, is, and it's kind of interesting that Paul Mooney would have died during this phase, that anybody that would come out and say something like, all white people are racist, who did they used to say uh, was, a, was a piece of crap? <coughs> it just moves from skin color to skin color. just happens to be white people's turn this time around to be called names. I mean, I, when are we going to stop with this name calling and just try to get along with everybody? What, is that ever going to happen? What, that's what you know. Nah, that's that, that's what you got to know. It's yeah. not going to happen. Like it, the good, they call them the good old days for a reason. Yeah. There aren't any good old there days. Aren't, yeah, exactly. There aren't any good old days. That's the I mean, problem. Pick a year and tell me what was great about it. <laughs> it's true. Again, you guys are paying way too much attention to the world. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. But, you know what I mean? Like it's just. I can control my world, and I live by that. I can't control what mm-hmm. goes on in the world, nor do I want to. But in my house and in my surroundings and in my group of friends and family, that's really all that matters to me. Even doing shows, like it's great meeting 
people all the time. But, again, you get to bring those people to your world, and for the most part, you made them happy, so they're happy to see you. Yeah, that's I true. don't pay attention to... I literally have blinders on about so much shit in the world. Like, there's a lot I care about, but there's so much more I just don't give a damn about. I think and you, you can't have. because it will ruin... It'll make you old before you want to be. It'll ruin... It just, it's not worth it. Because it's going to keep happening. Did you hear... I did a, an interview... Um, about probably six months ago now. I think it was about six months. It was a while back in any case. Uh, well, it might not have been that long ago because it happened right after this whole white people are racist thing because I went on a, the uh, black radio network and did an interview. And I was the only white guy in the interview. There were like three black people, two black men, a black woman, and me. And we are talking about this, that, and the other thing. And at the very end, uh, the host said, so Tom, let me ask you a question. I said, what's that? And he goes, what if I called you a racist? I said, I don't care. That's fine. You want to do that? I'm, 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 you know, big enough guy and tough enough guy. I can handle it. I'm not. But if you want to call me that, I guess that's good for you. My wife is very strong. My son, Andy, who's here today, strong. My daughter's strong. But don't ever think you're going to call my mother a racist. And he goes, oh, no mamas, huh? And I said, you got it. No mamas, pal. <laughs> that's exactly. And I was very serious about that. Right. You know, for, as long as they put the brakes on after my mother was born, then I guess you can call whomever you want a racist because don't be calling my mother names. <laughs> the only thing that gives me hope with racism is kids these days. Like anybody under 30 for the most part almost don't give a damn depending on unless they're just their parents in the clan or something. Yes, that's right. Yes, there's there's so many there's so many people under thirty that they take so much from every culture, and they do see different um, ethnicities, and they're really good friends, and they consider them brothers and sisters and everything. I'm 44 now, so I like I think the generation just under me is probably the last of like probably true racism. You know, that seen enough stuff or was told enough stuff. So oh, that's, the, that's the part that gives me hope. I got a son that's, uh, Markel's 25, so I, I, I talk to him a lot, and I see his group of friends, and, I mean, they look they look like a United Way poster. Yeah, Everybody, you know what I'm saying? There's, everybody in there looks different. I, I was just going to say that I've got f- two stepkids and two of my own, and it's 22 to, well, the youngest will be 18 in a couple of weeks, and when they have friends over, I, th- I think I'm at the United Nations. Oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing <laughs> that works. I think is cool yeah. is not only are they, you know, they really don't see the difference, or they don't care, I think is really Yeah, it. they don't care Same all. thing with yeah. sexual orientation. I mean, that when I was in high school, that was a big deal. If a kid ever oh, came out as gay, it was just, yeah. everybody thought it was like a contagious disease, right? Right. And now they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's gender neutral, and he's this, and he's dating this guy. And they, yeah, you know, they now they care. go to the parades. And, that's and, right. So that's the, that's the part that gives me hope. I'm, and it's like... You ask Tom, like, people, like, why, are, why is it that all white people are racist? It's, it's not. It's just one of those things where most of, like, most of the people that are racist kind of fit that description. Yeah. Well, that's true. And the ones that are are really good at it. I mean, they, they're yeah. just poster childs for being assholes, right? Oh, yeah. That's and that's, that, but that's with anything, that the, the negativity will always be louder than the positivity. Yeah. I do have to say, uh, Adrian, can you stay with us for about another 10, 15 minutes? You got time? Yeah, no problem. You got time. Okay, we'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with Adrian Washington. We're talking about Paul Mooney, the death of Paul Mooney. Far too young, is only 79 years old when he died yesterday morning at about, uh, I think it was about 8.30 Minneapolis time, something like that. In any case, we will be right back with Adrian right after this. 
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including. The Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of mowing fixtures and ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. We are back. Now, I have to ask Adrian a question here. And maybe you've heard me talk about this before. Um, People where I grew up, again, for new listeners, I grew up in a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood in North Minneapolis. Everybody who lived there, other than just a couple of families, was either Jewish, black, or Catholic. Because they kind of shoved us all in the north side and then put the freeway around us to keep us in there. They did. <laughs> I know. Same well, thing they did in Chicago. Well, every city, they, they're never going to pay true. them. They're not going to knock down the mansions. They're going to knock down the tenements mm, to build freeways. Very so. true. Well, that's, you know, that's happened at Rondo. Yeah. Very true. That Rondo happened. But so I've talked about this, Adrian, that when I was a little boy going to St. Joseph's School and I went out trick-or-treating or went to a party or went whatever, uh, Trick or treat, I would go with Benny Crushan, who was black. You had Ronald Cloud, who was Native American. You had the Morales family, Elaine, Ray, phenomenal people. Chucky Gleason, a nice, uh, Italian, a nice uh, Irish Catholic boy. And we would go hang out, and nobody ever gave a rat's ass what color anybody was. They Did anybody didn't give care. you crap because of your voice? Hi, trick or treat. Oh, as soon as I turned, well, first of all, when I turned 11 years old, my voice dropped and I grew to six feet tall. So I'd go knocking the door. 11 years old. Yeah. 
trick or treat. Get the hell out of here, you dumb. Who's this grown ass man? <laughs> That's exactly right. Go get some food stamps. Get off so, my porch. So, Adrian, for the, those of us who went, you know, who ran with pretty much everybody, who went trick or treating with everybody, went to parties with everybody. What did we have wrong? Because we had no problem to this day. Well, Benny's no longer with us, unfortunately. You know, you know. Again, like I told you, it's it's your group of friends. Yeah. Still to this day, those your group of friends don't care. They you don't. never have. No. I got friends, and 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 the problem is, everybody thinks they're right today. Yeah, they do. Yep. And yep. with social media. Before social media, if you had a dumb thought, it was just your dumb thought in your head. It never got out. I uh, couldn't agree more. You know, and now you can put that out there, and then just for shock value, there's other dummies that'll jump on in with you. Yeah. And before you know it, you can start a group, and you make a lot of noise in that group. So, again, like, your friends today don't care. Again, that's what I'm saying. You no. Pay, it, it's just the world. The world wants you to believe that, but you got to remember... The media, everything, that's what they're going to put out there because they're going to control everything. Yes, They that's control exactly what you right. watch, they control what you hear, they control it all. They do. So you have to have enough sense where you say, I don't want to deal with this. Even I, gotta, I mean, it's got to be hard doing what you do, but that's why for me it's just I don't, I'd rather sit here in peace and quiet and listen to music that I control mm-hmm. to keep my mental where it needs to be. No, it's a lot of it's mind over matter. I suppose it is. I just, I really wish people would just wake up. Oh, look, Adrian, I've told you. People aren't going to in our lifetime. If you're under 30 for the most part, that that gives you hope. But you're old school, man. You got to, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And and none of this is new. It's been going on since the beginning of the time. It's just now, it's been filmed, it's been recorded, it's just, everybody's got a phone. Like before, you had to carry a camera to catch something. Nobody wanted to carry them big ass cameras. No, no that's you very know weird. you had yeah. to have a VHS tape and make sure it was rewind. And now it's just you can pull out your phone and you can turn something that was dope for five minutes into something horrible because you recorded thirty seconds of it. Yeah, that's very true. You have yeah, you start you know? editing and lifting things. You can yeah. make it say whatever you want to make it say. Yeah, you're right. You can say something from your heart and and pour it out there on the line and honestly mean it. And somebody can take it and turn it into something horrible. You know what's amazing about that, Adrian? Is about 20 years ago. Remember the Moog synthesizer? Doug? Oh yeah. About uh, about 20 years ago, I recorded a commercial. Uh, I didn't remember what the commercial was for, but I later heard the commercial on the radio. Mm-hmm. And there's a line in the commercial that I say that I never said. Uh, they reconstructed this line because they, they forgot to have me record this one line, so they took what they already had, ran it through a synthesizer, and there is a line in there. I never said one of those words back to back to back to back. I said the words, but they strung them all together. Chopped it up. Yep. They can make you or me say whatever the hell they want us to well, say. Well, you do that with video now, too. And I was, yes. I was watching... Uh, Whew, that's scary. I was right. I was just watching Chappelle on uh, the Rogan podcast. Oh yeah, and that's why he was saying he doesn't do interviews. Like he only does interviews with like people that he trusts, people that he likes. Like he said, I don't, I don't do them just to do them. And now, like all the athletes that we thought were assholes and this and that, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yep, I can't yep. understand it now. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. They can edit the hell out of it. I mean, yeah. there was an entire line in there that I never even said, but there was me saying it. 
That's that scary. crazy. It and was that scary. was that long ago. So if they're doing that 20 yeah. years ago, imagine what they're doing now. Well, Doug just talked about video. They can do it now with video. Yeah. To make you do things Anything you never they want, did. Man. Yep. Anything they want. And that's why I understand why people are, I don't know, I, it's just positivity. I, I, I try to keep so much positivity around me. Even like the negative whispers, I can't pay. I can't give it an ounce of attention. It's not worth it. No, you're right. Well, I, I can't you, post a negative post because then I got to tell people, I'm like, imagine if that was your last post. Imagine if you posted right. some bullshit and you went out and died. Now, now when everybody comes to your page, it's going to be the last thing they remember about you. Because it's easy. Yep. You can do a hundred things right. You do so. I thought about something yesterday while we're talking about Like, today you can't even... Like, people say, oh, you don't help the community. And you say you have been helping the community. You just haven't made it all for people to see. You've kind of done it behind closed doors. But then you're like, all right, I want to show these people that I'm helping and I want them to be a part of it. And now people just take the same thing and be like, oh, he's got to show people that he's doing something. How do you know these people want you to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you can't even give somebody money and, and record it and just show people like, hey, God bless you, have a good day. Because imagine if somebody put a phone in your face and, you know what I mean? Like yep. it's like there's no right or wrong, it, there's no right way to do it. I just posted yesterday, like I can't, um, like people going to, talk shit about you no matter what you do. Good, that's bad, true. Yeah, that's true. So you might as well just do what you want to do and live your life you want to live because no matter how you do it. My mom, there was a saying my mom had, my mom always said, when we say people were talking about us, she said people talked about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's not all good either. <laughs> yeah, right. right. You know what I mean? A lot of it wasn't good. Right. And, Jesus, and so I remember and she's been telling me that my whole life. She's like, and then, when we were kids, you look at you like, so are you better than Jesus? You're like, of course not. You know, like, but if they talked about Jesus, like, who do you think you are? One of Richard Pryor's greatest lines of all time. Guy asked him a question. He goes, yeah, boy, I know Jesus. <laughs> 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 I thought it was hilarious. No, it's... You know, so that's, I mean, I, I can't imagine seeing it from your perspective for what you do, and you kind of have to pay attention to the world somewhat, but... For your own peace of mind, Tom, you got to turn it off every now and again and, and, and just stop and look around at you and your circle and mm-hmm. understand that that's what makes you who you are. People, Yeah, I, that's true. It is true. You know, people, the people, and that's what I said, the people that love you and know you, they don't, you don't have to explain to them who you are. You know, so funny I would tell you people, I'm like, there's going to be certain things you're going to hear about me. You're going to say, yeah, he did it, or there's no way he did it. There's not right. going to be a, um, you know what I mean? The That's... same guy, 365 days a year. Like, no, and you're right. When you know you don't have any ill intent in your heart, when you know you do things genuinely because you care, you sleep well at night. You don't have to worry about what people think. No wonder I wake up at 2.15 every morning. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder I'm awake at that. You know, it's funny, it's funny you bring that up, Adrian, because something just happened about a year ago, maybe a little longer than that, a couple of years ago now, probably. But we were at a, a, a gathering. It was like a house party. It well, wasn't a big house party, like, let's say, you know, five, six couples, that kind of deal. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the, a lot of great friends there and all the rest of it. And at the end of the evening, one of my friends, I, I don't want to use his name because you, you would know who he is, but okay. it's an interesting story so I don't want to use his name, but he and his wife had to leave early. And he comes over, and he gives me a big hug. He goes, okay, Tom, I'll see you soon. I love you, man. People came to me and said, did he just say he loves you? And I said, yeah, why? They said, 
I've never heard that before. I'm like, what? Wow. For a black man to tell a white man he loved him, that was a really, really weird, made them very uncomfortable, which I don't really understand. I would assume that you probably have friends out there you love. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, and, and again, you got to remember, like, he said that genuinely, and you took it genuinely. Like, the people who yeah. have a problem with it, that's something they got to deal with their inner, you know what I'm saying? Their inner feelings or inner demons or whatever the, they may be. Yeah. Because... I got a lot of, I got probably more white friends than a black guy should have. Uh, <laughs> what do you have, two? <laughs> two? One and a half? <laughs> there you go. And uh, I tell my friends, but that's for anybody. If I, if I tell you I love you, I'm not saying it to, to, for it to sound cool. I, if I'm telling you that, I'm telling you because I genuinely do. And it's funny because even like my sisters and brothers, we say it every now and again, but I just made my mind up yesterday. I said every time I talk to one of my siblings, I will tell them I love them before I get off the phone. Because Wonderful. These days, you just never know. Yep. Right. Yep. You never know. You know what I mean? And then there's so many people that hold grudges that think they can. You you always think you got time to fix it. Oh, I'll see him one day and we'll talk. And then that yep. person's gone, and Not now you got to live with that. You yep. know. But it's 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 weird, man. I remember. It's crazy you said that because I remember when like uh, there was some black award show, and I think Common was the rapper on stage but he did this speech and i remember bradley cooper i think it was um he started crying and they showed him on the camera he started crying during the speech and the internet went crazy about it in a good way or they a bad way a little bit of both but oh. they were just shocked <laughs> yeah. this you know because a lot of people was like this here's this white dude that's probably never had any of these problems but he understands it enough to like yeah, have tears coming out of his eyes just listening to somebody else speak, and that's all I tell anybody about anything. You just gotta, gotta just have compassion as humans. You gotta have compassion to some degree. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter. Like if a lot of people miss out on a lot of cool people, man, because of what they look like or what they sound like. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. I, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I've never been one of those people. Uh, thank God, I've, I've, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. I talk to homeless people. I talk to, because everybody's got some kind of knowledge. And I tell kids that. I'm like, I'm, my, but my mom raised me like that. If you were a wino on the corner, if you were my elder, you asked me a question, I still had to say yes, sir, no, sir. Yep. You know, uh, my mom raised me to teach, to treat the janitor the same as I treat the principal. You yep. know, absolutely. Um, and that's gone. That's not, that's got to be something deep in your more. That, uh, that's something under 30s don't have because I talk to my kids about it all the time and kids these days are like no if you want me to respect you you got to respect me I'm like you ain't done shit respect you <laughs> that's very true <laughs> yeah exactly I, I've been watching a documentary recently you guys might like it Dave Grohl put it together it's called Cradle to Stage and it's about every episode is a famous person and their moms and so I oh, watched wow. the second episode last night, and it was Dave Grohl and his mom, and his mom was a teacher, and Pharrell Williams and his mom, mm -hmm. and his mom was a teacher, too. And it's a lot of the stuff. And they grew up like 50 miles apart from each other. And it was so cool. There's a scene where they get the two moms together, and they're comparing oh, notes. Yeah. And both Dave and Pharrell were 
terrible high school students barely made it out alive and they talked about yeah. his early career and you know when he's doing happy and all that sort of stuff and then when he gets yeah. into hardcore rap and and he's you know grew up in a real very religious family but apparently it was pharrell's grandmother that said you know that that's your job you just keep doing what you're doing and you're going to be fine yep. so it's a really it's a very interesting show because what's it called it's called cradle to stage now, the first Cradle one is just State. Dave Grohl, and it, honestly, it starts out good, but then gets kind of weak. I just watched the second episode with Pharrell and Dave, and it's... Okay, gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. I'm going to have to check that out. You will be good. Yeah, and, it's, it, and that's that's all it is, but that's with anything. You know, uh, you can tell somebody I love you and genuinely mean it. If they're not ready to receive that, yeah. they yeah. won't, you know, they won't take it. That's got nothing to do with you. <clears throat> right. That's the person. Even people's perception of you have almost nothing to do with you. That's from their mindset. I love that, you know, in, in my life, certainly for the last 50 years, like certainly absolutely the last 36 years, that I'm the same person pretty much everywhere, but the perception of me by different people just shocks me. Some yeah. people think I'm very dangerous. Some people think I'm a candy ass. Some people think I'm a <laughs> nut job. Some people, it's I, it's weird. I will tell you, uh, when I listened to the morning show in the mid '90s, my percep the only I, on, I'll be completely honest. The only reason that I really listened was because of Stretch, because he was funny. Oh yeah, and I thought funny. you were a misogynist and just kind of a bitter dude. And then when we got to be friends, 15 years yeah. later, I'm like, yeah, he's not. That's not him at not all. Me at in all. In fact, no. I kind of missed. Yeah. The mark almost completely. Well, or maybe you, you were an asshole in the early nineties. No, right. It was because it could have been. No, it was because of the press. The press painted me in that way. They did. They they like. And, and, and that's the, but that's what I'm saying. There yeah, absolutely. So many people that you hear them on the radio, or you hear a song, or shit, you see them in a movie, and you like until you know them, you're like, wait a minute. I remember yeah. Dunnell. The first time I met Dunnell Rollins, Ashley Larry. I thought he was an asshole. <laughs> I loved him. I really bio. did, you know, like, and it was just because I was the, like, I was the host for the show. I was just doing like a guest spot, guest spot on the one show, and I'm just trying to have small talk with him. But he was like in his own zone, and he just didn't. I didn't know he didn't want to talk a lot, but I just kept trying to talk to him because one, I'm a fan, and two, I'm just like, I need to figure out as much as I can about this guy. You know, and I remember just asking him, like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from everywhere, son. And I was like, can I just get a real answer? <laughs> you know? And, yeah. But he, and then he did his thing, and he killed it on stage, and he got off stage, and he was just a whole nother guy. Yeah. But yeah, I like Some them. people like that. There's some guys you go to shows, they don't come out, and they don't come talk to you. I got to remember that's who I am. Everybody's not like that. No, you're and I've right. le- you know, And I've learned that, that everybody has their own mode, and people have good days and bad days. I mean, there's. I'm as nice as I think I am. I'm an asshole, depending on who you ask. I suppose. I you know some people. Yeah, it's just what, 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 especially people who grew up around you that you seem to have done better than, because that's oh, hard yeah. for them to understand. Yep. Because they're like, no, I know who you are. Like you used to hang out with me. Like we were doing the same shit. But it's like, no, you just kept doing the same shit. I did something different. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know. When you coming to see us in person? That's what I want to know. Just give me the date, brother. Well, we got yeah. You can come in now. Nobody has to wear a mask <laughs> or anything anymore, so you can come in. Yeah, I'd love to have you in studio. And Adrian, I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you called in today, and I think it's very, very good for people everywhere 
to celebrate the life of Paul Mooney because a lot of people didn't yeah. like Paul Mooney. A lot of people love Paul Mooney. He's another one of those guys who either loved him or hated him, apparently. Yeah, right? there's, there's no middle ground. <laughs> no middle ground with Paul Mooney. But for As you, a black guy, he says this stuff sometimes like, damn, Paul, you're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, thanks for your time today. I will reach out to you very soon, sir. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot, man. You guys take care. You too. Adrian Washington, ladies and gentlemen, very, very funny young man. It was so nice of him to call in today. Yeah, it was great. And I did did Cassie book that, Andy? Yes, she did. Yeah, Cassie, thank you so much because Adrian's a great guy. And I do, I do think – now, you did notice something, ladies and gentlemen, that you don't see on TV, particularly on the news – there were there were a couple of black uh, a couple of white guys and a black guy and nobody was kissing anybody's ass or stroking them or anything. we just had a conversation. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's just human to human. It was a wonderful thing. I think it's a good thing for people to listen to this today and go, hey, look, that's how the world's supposed to work. Yep. You know, you got to be on guard. Adrian's on guard. I'm on guard. You're on guard. You got to be on guard a little bit. Protect yourself from the psychopath. But I think that conversation. If people listen to it, will I absolutely help them understand? Stop with the phony BS. You don't need to protect anybody. You don't need to condemn anybody. You just live your life. Calm down. Got some breaking music news. I oh, hope my breaking. wife isn't listening. Breaking to music so news. Upset. Lead singer helps unload gear. What? Is that on Babylon B? <laughs> no, it's some music wire. Oh, I was going to say, that sounds like a flat-out lie. So if you've never played in a band before, you don't know that. In fact, the very first gig Sarah That's and I true. played together with a real band, it was a two-night deal at the Point in Hastings, which is no longer there. And, right, sat, and, right. and because half the band was from Hastings, all the townies turned out. It was really a lot of fun. So it's 1.30 in the morning, and we're starting to tear stuff down. And Sarah goes, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. And she just walked out the door. <laughs> well. And, and we weren't together at that point. And I just oh, looked okay. at her friend, uh, who was the rhythm guitar player. And he goes, I'll talk to her. <laughs> did, did you? So you met her playing in a band? Actually, I met her um, through a friend that I played in a church group with. He had called me one day and says, hey, I've got a uh, cousin that's got a special needs kid, throwing a band together for a one-off benefit. I need a guitar player. He says, whatever you want, Mike, I'm in. And that's when we met. But that was, you know, almost, God, it was almost 20 years ago. Right. That was almost 20 years ago? Yeah, I think yeah, it was 02 or 03. Unbelievable. That well, this... what's unbelievable is that we're still married, that she's hung around all this time. Yeah, because everybody else bailed really quickly, didn't they? Well, they were smarter. <laughs> oh, that's Sorry, nice honey, I'm just kidding. Sorry, turtle dove. Everything is just fine. Don't I'll worry about take it. my pillow down to the office and just sleep on the couch again. I, I, I am. i, I got to be honest with you. you only got about 45 minutes in this segment here, but I just want to thank uh, Adrian again, Adrian Washington, for calling in and talking about this because he's very honest about it. I've only known Adrian a couple of years now. Well, maybe a little more than a couple of years, but not very much longer than that. I think I would love to hear people of all colors and genders or cisgender or whatever the hell it is to get together and talk normally and not – that's one thing I hate when I watch people of different colors interviewing one another on the news because mm-hmm. it's always like, well, Doug, as a white man in America today, I want to tell you that I – mean, why do they – everything has to be a race with these people, everything. <laughs> It just drives me nuts. We gotta take a break. We got car selling secrets coming up next with the family.